calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of The Working Fans Podcast. Alright everybody, it's The Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave and AJ Strange Brew. Today we're talking worse ideas from Vince McMahon. Now, I want to point this out. It's kind of interesting. I was thinking about this afterwards. Like, Vince has had a lot of notorious bad ideas, right? But, like... Yeah, but he had WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, he had WrestleMania. Like, I mean, what the fuck? You know? Like, I guess it's like, it's not like we really do celebrate this man's good ideas, too. But, I mean, I don't know. Besides <laughs> Mania, though, what, I mean, it's kind of funny when you look at it, right? Because was was the Attitude Era really his well, idea? No, no. Was Hogan his idea? That's kind of like Hogan was doing that by himself in AWA. He was smart enough to run with he, he doesn't even get the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is Pat, Pat Patterson. <laughs> yeah, she said it was stupid, I think. Yeah. I think he told Dick Episol, Pat, tell him you're That'll stupid. That'll never idea. work. <laughs> so. uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Saturday night's main event? That might, I, I don't know. I'm sure he does, but he definitely had WrestleMania, so we can't. And he had the idea of taking things national. So, we, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, you know. <laughs> but hey, this is his bad ideas, and let's talk about. Might as well stuff. go with his strong suit. So let's go with his strong suit. Scott from Voluntown, the higher power, which you might remember, that was where it was rumored it was going to be Christopher Daniels was going to be the guy that Undertaker. But, and but was Vince felt he was too small. So Vince just put himself in the spot there. Yes, <laughs> it was me, Austin. Uh-huh. Was Katie Vick. That is where Kane apparently accidentally killed a woman and then Triple H slept in her corpse. See, and and this is something we have to do is that sometimes it's not necessarily Vince's ideas, but what he allows to get on TV. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure somebody else wrote that. I hope that Vince wasn't sitting there going, I got an idea. Well, there was that rumor that Vince had the incest idea where he wanted to have like Stephanie, he was going to be the father of Stephanie's baby. Well, you'll you'll hear more about that later. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that we got that, that made someone else's list. Now Scott's got the invasion. <laughs> I don't think the invasion was necessarily a stupid idea, but the execution was horrible. Yeah, the idea itself was good. It was how he ran through it. So, so I'm yeah. uh, so unfortunately, Scott, I'm gonna disqualify that one. Boom. Yeah. But I do like <laughs> his next one. Whatever the fuck Kevin does to Kevin Dunn does to make these shows unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> so the idea of hiring Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, well. All right. I got Mike Caldwell here. He's got Dr. Isaac Yankum. And then he's got fake Razor and fake and Diesel. What I like is that Glenn Jacobs, Kane, has made his list twice. I wish that I could fully agree with him on those. But as bad of ideas as those are, mm. are they really Vince's worst ideas? Well, continuing on, he has the Godly <laughs> Cooker. There you go. And then, now you're going. And I like this one. The XFL dot, 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 dot. Hey, The Rock bought it. It's a good point. Uh, we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. And then the last one, again, I'm going to go with like Scott kind of similar too. He has the buying of WCW. I'm not going to say that was a bad idea, no, no. but the execution yes. was rather poor. The buying is fantastic <laughs> because the buying is you. All of the footage and for what they paid for it, what they what they ended up paying was barely even anything in the drop. Oh, of the yeah. And they get that whole library of 20 years of freaking wrestling, for Christ's sakes. I mean. Yeah. yeah it's funny. I can't fault them for that. And it, it, as a fan, I remember like when WCW got bought out, initially I was kind of happy it was WWE. I'm like, oh. We're going to get all these dream matches. Oh, man. This is going to be so great. But that's not what happened, was it? Yeah, we didn't get any of those dream matches because anybody who those dream matches would be involved with usually took, waited out their um, contract. contract. Yeah, and at that time, yeah. they had already pissed through the angle. Yeah, because Vince would have offered them about 10% of what they were actually making on those WCW contracts. Jesse from New Hampshire. He's got Katie Vick. He's got he also, Crown, Crown Jewel, morally. He, he, he also has not running a pay-per-view in New Hampshire. 
<laughs> he's got Hell in a Cell pay-per-view every year instead of making the match itself special. Absolutely. I think you're going to like this one. Screwing Brett. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get into his personal life with Brett. With What they did between the two of them is not my business. I'm not judging men. Okay, Jesse's got a cold-blooded one right here. You're going to appreciate this. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Owen Hart's weak-ass oh. harness. Oh, just I knew where that the sad part is I knew where he was going before you told me. <laughs> and, and by the way, I absolutely love that one. Uh Jake Rule, ECW brand after the success of One Night Stand. Again, I think that's more the execution, but you know what? I mean, unfortunately. I like that other fans are actually calling out on the Jake rule. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. No, no, that no, no, it's no, actually that's... caught on to call it the Jake rule. That's yeah, fantastic. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, this is good stuff. I got Mike Flynn on the list here. Okay, again, it's interesting. Invasion angle. But Mike does add, it's still incredible how badly he botched a layup. It, so should, it should have been easy. The higher power angle makes it again. Absolutely. Letting Kevin Nash and Scott Hall leave for WCW. Katie Vick, again, makes the list. And here's Although, in about. fairness, when they left, they left at separate times. They did not actually leave together holding hands. That's just true. <laughs> no one thinks they left together holding hands. <laughs> and the little explosion. Oh, I remember that one. Right. Yeah. The death, yes. The, the death, death events, which happened to coincide with the death of Chris Benoit's family. It did, right. Yeah. So we bad, had to bring him back. Maybe just, maybe just bad timing. Yeah, it was bad timing. <laughs> Zach St. John, he's got Katie Vick. We're going to have to put Katie Vick in the finals okay, here. Okay, first of all, I think you're forgetting to mention something. This is St. John's favorite This is St. John's favorite baby boy, yes. He's got Katie Vick. Here's a good one. The Brawl for All. If that doesn't make any other lists, I'm very disappointed. I don't think it does. Fake Diesel and Razor. WBF. Nice. Unsuccessful invasion angle. At least he did call it the unsuccessful invasion angle. I'm going to say that it, that Brawl for All is a good one. because the Brawl for uh, All is a great one. Right, ruin, the career, ruin the career of Dr. Death Steve Williams. Yeah. You got to, you, you had legit people. First of all, there were no actual real rules to it. Other than the fact that you put them in oversized boxing gloves, wrestlers into boxing gloves. Right. And you didn't, first of all, it's supposed to be a brawl for all. So it should have been more of an MMA style where they were actually able to do all the above. And if you are going to allow that, you don't put them in boxing gloves where you can't grab each other. That's a fair, fair point. Now I'm going to give you my lesson next. I got fake diesel and razor either. Because, oh, as well, because, I mean, you know, I mean, I remember I was actually wondering what the hell was going on. I thought that was a great angle and really got over that heel Jim Ross. Heel Jim Ross was great. I actually <laughs> did like it. I like heel Jim Ross because it's more like his actual real personality. It was actually his real personality. He came out, like, <laughs> sitting on Vince McMahon and, like, oh, they put me in a toga. You got to look good in a toga, JR. <laughs> Still remember that. Now that now that we've been able to listen to his podcast, we see that that wasn't heel Jim Ross. That was actually just Jim Ross. Jim Ross being Jim Ross, man. <laughs> I left a great job for the NFL Atlanta Falcons to get wear a stupid toga. <laughs> I used to love it when he didn't announce it. He'd call out Vince. You know this was not far from the truth. He's like, you know, Vince wouldn't know that move. He'd just go, ha ha ha! Oh my, what a move! <laughs> what, a, what a move! Oh my God! WBF. I had that as well. Here's one, Gobby Gooker. Now, this isn't really Vince's idea, but he okayed it. So I'm going to put it down. Detrucity, the ultimate warrior's way of life. <laughs> Whatever that nonsense bullshit was. Detrucity. <laughs> okay, I think that if you're going to put down that, you might as well yeah. just put the ultimate warrior, period. Hey, he made a lot of money with Warrior. So Whatever. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I realize I only have four. So Why don't you just for, throw the XFL in there since you stole my WBF also? I'm not going to take the XFL. <laughs> Instead, I will throw, even though I did find it funny, I will say Vince Wrestling God will also <laughs> make my list. That 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 almost made my list. Yeah, I can't imagine that, like, that really did a lot of good for them. So. All right, so, so we'll go to my list next. My list okay. has something that almost came to fruition but didn't quite. It has the gold dust implants on it. At, at one happened, point, but... pre- <laughs> yeah, one point, many people have talked about this, including Dustin Rhodes and Bruce Pritchard. How at one point Vince McMahon had the idea that he wanted to actually pay for and to give Dustin Rhodes implants, breast implants, as gold dust. <laughs> that would have been tremendous. Oh, I mean. 
he would have done his father and everybody proud. Everybody. Cody would uh, be bragging on him. Hall oh, of my God. The tits on my brother. <laughs> exactly. I got one for you that I haven't heard on anybody else's list. I heard the screw job. That's definitely a bad one. But to me, the allowing Bret Hart to film that documentary at the same time <laughs> as you're doing the screw job, that to me seems like the bad idea. That to let another separate company that has no I, actual affiliation with the WWE. I have to say, though, and you know I'm a Bret Hart fan way back. I love yeah. the guy. But I do have to say, it did turn into the evil Mr. McMahon character, which made him a shit ton of money. Yeah, it, it, and it absolutely did. But I still believe that that is not a good idea to have an independent company isn't it, filming isn't, as you're screwing someone over. I, I agree. Isn't it <laughs> funny, though, that uh, all that taught us was the guy who got screwed over ended up having bad luck and struggled with his career and ended up having a stroke. And the guy who did the screwing ended up making like billions and becoming even more richer. Uh, it's incredible. So, so, Life's so here's an, my my third one on my list is one that I didn't hear on anybody else's list. Ending the Undertaker's streak. Mm, interesting. I, I I think that that's one of the worst ideas ever. I think they should have just left it intact. And if you were going to do it, use it to get over somebody who actually needs to get over. To, uh, Brock Lesnar did not need to beat the Undertaker. It did nothing for him. It did nothing for the Undertaker. And did nothing for that WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. For the most part, I do think Brock got a little bit of buzz off of that at the time, but I don't think it was something Brock needed per se. And I don't think Brock is still riding that out. I, I also have one that didn't fully come into play, but always was a little borderline. I have the incest angle with Vince McMahon and Stephanie. They always right. seem just a little too close for my liking. Yeah, his and, bosom and daughter. Yeah. My sweet, little, sweet Stephanie. Yes, made me a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Being a parent and having a daughter, there are certain things that you just don't cross, and that, to me, was one of them. And my last one, and this is one personally, and I don't know how much Vince had to do with it, but it did happen on his watch, and I think it ended up blowing up one of the competitors and making him even larger. However, it pissed off the crowd to a point where it was almost nuclear. Sheamus over Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I, I think it did completely the opposite of what Vince was going for. I think Vince was just trying to bury Daniel Bryan. Mm. And I think that Brian Danielson that you see today, as large as he is, part of that is because of what they did to him at that WrestleMania in 18 seconds. I will agree wholeheartedly with that. I don't think people look back at that enough. That attempted screwing that they did of Brian Danielson is what turned that crowd around, erupted that yes chant, which never died, even to this day. They're still chanting yes. He's in another company now. He's back to Brian Danielson. We're still chanting yes. Still follows him. Still follows yeah. him. And it, I'm, I'm telling you, that is one of the worst ideas that they ever had was to take somebody because they didn't see it right. and just bury him in 18 seconds. I think that they thought it was all going to be about getting Sheamus over. This was going to be huge for Sheamus. But it did just the opposite. It did but, the opposite. Sheamus' yeah. career hasn't been the same since either. And I love Sheamus. Mm -hmm. I think Sheamus has had a very good career. Right. But has his right. career ever reached that po point again where he's been that hot? No. No. So you did the opposite. You buried the guy who right. you were trying to get over, and you got over the guy to a nuclear point who you were trying to bury. So congratulations, Vince. Great idea. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I'm surprised that, that didn't make any other list, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think that's all forgotten because how great how Ryan successful Daniels he's career. been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still bitter about it. It still pisses me <laughs> off to think about it. So. so funny. I do remember that moment. I was so oh, pissed about that, too. So. Off camera, we talked about something. I'm just going to drop this in you real quick. We talked about good ideas that Vince had. One of the few good ideas that Vince had, and this is just my opinion, was allowing CM Punk to do the pipe bomb. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I think that has to be thrown in there because I don't think CM Punk gets to where he is without the pipe bomb. So It is for, interesting, too, because that's another thing, though. I don't think they thought it was going to get over as much as it did. No, I think that they thought that the WWE fans would turn on Punk for be, how dare you talk about right. our company that way and boy did they misread that this is also when vince <laughs> thought he was giving a baby face promo when he said brett screwed brett yes I thought everybody was gonna rally behind him and everything like that yeah. so, so so even though it might not have been a great thought that he was having it ended up being a great thought so i just wanted to mention that i think vince you have to give him credit he's had some bad ideas where he has turned it around <laughs> uh, I, sometimes it's in spite of himself the attitude right. error was in spite of himself the Attitude yeah. Era, he hated ECW. He hated that style of wrestling. He thought it was straight garbage. And he only started to do it 
because he, he wanted to be in the ratings. Exactly. He, he threw his hands and, up and said, what yeah, can we it, do? it was basically, okay, well, whatever. Let's, we'll try it. It wasn't him going, yeah, that's a good idea. We have to have Katie Vick in the finals because I think it made everybody else's lists, but ours. Yeah. So Katie will be there. I think the fake Deezer and Razel made a ton of lists. The invasion angle made a lot of lists, but I'm not going to put everybody's list in there. So I'm going to go with fake Diesel and Razel. Because I think, again, I think the invasion angle was a good idea. It was yeah, I can't do the invasion angle because the idea itself was not bad. It was the way no. it was implemented. Yeah. Fake Diesel and fake Razor is clearly a bad idea. Yeah. You know, I'm going to throw it out there. Even though it was only Zach, I'm going to give it to Zach. I'm going to say Brawl for All needs to be in that final three. I, I was pissed that I didn't put the Brawl for All when Zach said that. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about actually saying Brawl for All once he said that. Yeah. But I stayed true to my list, unfortunately. And while, while I'm very happy that I got the documentary and that I got Brian Danielson in there, mm. Brawl for All was just such a garbage idea. Yeah, because you ended up hurting a lot of like actual wrestlers. Yeah, people legitimately got hurt. The Godfather got a legitimate injury. You had the end of basically the end of the career for Doctor Death. Yeah, and we set this whole thing up by taking Bart Gunn, who won it as your legit tough guy, and you put him in there with Butterbean instead. Which, and, and instead and, of he didn't make it even a, like he wasn't allowed to wrestle, or if he, no, was, he had to he box him. Yeah. You know, and this ended up with Park getting knocked out in a few seconds. So here's the funny thing is, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, they actually fought again in Japan. Did they? Yeah, they ended up fighting, and it was a much closer match. And the reason why is in Japan, they made it more of an MMA style. Mm Mm-hmm. So Bart Gunn was able to move. He didn't have the heavy boxing gloves on. He had the MMA-style gloves on. I imagine Bart probably learned, too, because I know Bart, part of the thing was Bart was knocking people out, and I think he got in his head that... He, he could just go, go out there and knock someone out. Whereas yeah, that's yeah. all Butterbean did. Butterbean was just a big guy who you come in at him, he hits you with a haymaker, and you're knocked out. Yeah, and Butterbean was a tough guy, but Butterbean at that point had been doing actual real boxing for quite a while, and Bart didn't have that same experience. So no. what do you think was going to happen? I mean, yeah, but- It was just an all-around bad idea. You put him into a circumstance that was no win. I think... we got. I want to argue with Fake Diesel and Fake Razor a little bit, too, because that's an interesting one. What good did we think was going to happen out of that i i don't think i don't think that it was necessarily that it wasn't a bad idea i agree with you 100 that it was a bad idea i just don't think in the great scheme of things that it did enough damage right to right. be one of his worst ideas okay. i think people just didn't give a shit one way or the other to me that's not catac- ca- catastrophic okay so Where, whereas what he did with like the brawl for all is catastrophic. What's the worst idea than Katie Vick or the fake Once again, race? the reason why Katie Vick and the same reason why the hand or Dr. Handy oh, or yeah. the same reason none Dr. of that Heidi. stuff makes my list is because it doesn't affect viewers. Viewers didn't turn away because of it. People didn't not watch the show because of it. They didn't think it was horrible. Nobody got hurt. So to me, Brawl for All is the clear winner out of that group. I... If you want to come to me and say that for a great uh, horrible ideas, I'm more likely to go for your WBF, which opened the door for Luger to come in and just (laughs) horrible. Lord knows how much Ico Pro they got stuck with. I don't. Who who would say is the worst idea though out of the other two? The other two, Fake Diesel, Katie Vick. Katie Vick is just in such bad taste. Okay, so that'd be our number two. Yeah, it's funny you said turn viewers away because that reminded me wasn't his idea, but I believe whether it was Bischoff or whoever. Who had the idea to tell Tony Schiavone, which they thought was going to be a good idea. Oh, God, if you want to go through, we can do this next time. We can go all over Bischoff's top five bad ideas. Because <laughs> he, like was... he gets credit for the NWO, and he gets credit for Hogan coming in. Mm. But he's got a shitload of bad ideas. Yeah, and some of those ideas were really good turned into bad ideas. The NWA, NWO ended up being horrible towards the end. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, he got a good two, what, year and a half run, two-year run out of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it started, what, 95 and ended up running through to 97 was its hottest year. Yeah. So, so he got a, you, it's hard to say that he, anytime you ride anything, eventually it's got to die. Right. Hulkamania had a great four year run in the 80s. Eventually it dies. I think the problem was, though, they kept that going in 99. So it was two years after the fact that thing was already dead. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is eventually, yeah. and when you water it down by having 50 members, mm. it's hard to. <laughs> I do think they're telling the audience Mick Foley's going to win their world title. Ugh, that's going to put yeah, some That was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. That, that was not understanding how much your audience uh, appreciates loved, Mick Foley. Yeah, loved this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they would do that stuff before. They would give away raw results and stuff. And probably they didn't get any backlash at it. And everything was probably positive And the people didn't like it. It's fine. They didn't lose any viewers. They were hot. 
But man, I mean, that was a show they were actually, I think, fully put up. They were actually winning at one point in the ratings. They had a good storyline going, and then boom, people turned. Dave, I'm not going to lie to you. That's the best idea you've had all day, and I think that we should end on that. Well, okay, we'll be we'll, we'll be right away. We're doing a system number. That will definitely be coming up <laughs> soon. In fact, I do have to say this. I know we can actually give a list. Joey probably wants me to start doing this, and I don't think absolutely. Let's that. give him a list ahead of time, guys. So get us a list for the top five worst ideas by Eric Bischoff, and we'll try and compare those once we get those top five together. Maybe we'll compare and see who had the worst ideas between Bischoff and Vince McMahon. But I will tell you this: after this, our next two lists we're going to have are going to be your top five current baby faces oh. after this airs. That'll be the next week. And then for our holiday, we're going to have Thanksgiving wrestling events, your top five Thanksgiving wrestling events. So. I can't wait to see who the other three are other than CM Punk and Brian Danielson. This should be great. Top five baby faces. <laughs> yeah, man. Punk, Danielson. I mean, how AEW might have most of them. Guevara's think, up there right now. Hangman Page is up there right now. Isn't that weird that uh, WWE's <laughs> become like a heel company? It has. It's become a heel-based company. Yeah. Uh, I'm Big E. Hell, yeah, the, one good. of the people who gets the most cheers is Roman Reigns, and he's a yeah. heel. Yeah. yeah. Well, but we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. On that note, acknowledge us. We're out. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs, at F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality t-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like survive the washer and dryer they look good and they're good quality nice and those stickers before paco chewed them up were amazing and luckily we'll be getting some more in hopefully before we start selling them to fans but that's f-o-u-r-8-2 designs all right everybody it's the working fan podcast with a man called dave i got chevy with me today and we got William Wally. He is part of the World of Wally podcast. And he is going to tell us all about the World of Wally. <laughs> Wally, how are you, man? Man, I'm fantastic. I'm glad you guys were kind enough to push you. Yeah, no problem, man. What made you start to do a podcast anyway? Well, a lot of folks, when they, when they hear about my origin story with the show, they look at the date of my first episode and go, oh, it was pandemic, man. He, that dude, you know, the pandemic was going on. Everybody start a podcast like i don't remember the name it was some crazy number like a million podcasts were started in like during the pandemic that's not exactly true i actually i, I was always a natural storyteller i used to always love to you know to tell stories and friends of mine ordered it and they're like hey man you, you ought to like at least record this stuff you know this is some funny stuff you got some really crazy tales to tell and I'm like, I don't know about that. And then the more I thought about it, I said, you know, I looked up, I just did a random internet search one night and I stumbled across how easy it was to start a podcast, you know, about hosting and all that. I thought that'd be very difficult, very technical type stuff that I had no idea what to do with. And it really wasn't. Matter of fact, we were chatting before we got started how easy it actually is to start a podcast. Maybe that's yeah. why there's three million or ever what the number is now oh. so mm-hmm. i here's where i'm biggest mistake here's here's one thing anybody listening to this won't start like this it's the best advice i can give do not do anything that i'm about to tell you <laughs> because i did everything <laughs> wrong to start i did not research i did not prepare myself to do a podcast i did not look into anything that resembled revenue stream from a podcast i didn't do anything right so if, if mine would be considered successful, and, and, and some people do consider my, my successful at this time, I don't know how it happened because I had nothing to do with it. I still don't have anything to do with it. I'm fortunate <laughs> enough that I get a chance to call other people and they help drive numbers, I guess, is the only way I can explain it. But mine started back in, in uh, the very end of January 2020. I actually was kind of kicking the idea around, around Christmas of the year previous. And then less than a month later, I had recorded an episode 
I listened to it three times, and I thought, you know, it's just not going to get me back, so I might as well publish it and see just how bad it is. <laughs> and my first episode was, you know, talking about a couple of things that I love. You know, it talked about, it was, well, the topic of it is was called Rodgers and the Reckoning, and the Rodgers in question is Aaron Rodgers, who is quarterback of the Packers. I had had a chance to encounter with him a few years previous and some different things I did, you know, from work experience, and found him to be an extreme guy which is not how he's perceived in today's world and it was just kind of a conversation with myself about things i would have done differently you know when i talked to him now in relationship to when i talked to him then and that was kind of the the genesis of the whole project i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure at the time of this this uh, episode i'm i'm probably sitting around 120 actual episodes at this point like I said, I did everything wrong. I tried to do multiple episodes in a week, and I found out that was extremely too much to try to do and have a real job. And you guys you know, I'm not making big money like you guys are in the podcast. I have a real <laughs> job. So, so I kind of pared that back. I went back to one episode a week. I do that on Fridays. It drops at midnight every Friday. And that kind of found my need at that point. You know, that was kind of a really good space to work in. And, you know, everything that I wanted to start the podcast doing, you know, storytelling and crazy stuff that happened in my life or people I come in contact with after, a, I don't know, 20 or 25 or so episodes, that kind of all changed. I was introduced to a guy named Stephen Joyner, who's a publicist. He's based out of L.A. He's, he's in Missouri now. And he, along with some other just chance, you know, connections that I made. It turned into more of an interview style. And I, don't, I hate to use that word interview. Interview is a really stupid word. Conversation. I like to use conversation. I have conversations with people. I let them do a lot of the talking because I, you know, I don't have a face for television. And the more <laughs> I listen to myself talk, I realize I don't have a voice for radio. <laughs> well, I'm curious, man. You're that's kind of where story. we're at right now. I mean, just, just, just grinding along. Well, well you're such a good yeah, storyteller. Yeah. I'm well, curious. Where did that come I from? A lot of friends told me that, and I and listen, I've had some crazy stuff go on. I mean, I've I've been in the middle of a lot of stuff that I tell people all the time. I've probably gone through enough in my earlier years that should have killed me. And then I've been really fortunate. I've had some vocational opportunities that have put me in places that you know most folks don't get to go. I've I've I know there was a stretch of almost a decade where I actually worked in event staffing and management where we did like sporting events. You know different venues, coach football, you know, wrestling motions, IndyCar, NASCAR, all that kind of stuff, you know, beach concerts, that kind of stuff. Off and on, I spent about 14 years as a correctional officer. So I got plenty of stories coming from that also. And those were the kind of things that I would tell people and they go, you're lying, there's no way that's true. And I said, I, I was there, I promise you it was true. And then I mix in some of that when I get an opportunity to. But like I said, it's kind of morphed at this point to, you know, more of just conversations with within people more interested than I am. So, <laughs> what did you think you wanted to do when you were growing up, man? I'm kind of curious. Did you have some kind of dream that you were going to do something else, or did you always picture yourself maybe in radio, which would have probably been what you know was before podcasts? Right? Well, no, I'm not going to say I was a guy that. Look for the spotlight because I know as a younger kid, I was uh, extremely shy. I did play athletics. That was kind of my venture into the to the what I call the the, the real world, you know, because I was a, a jock in high school. I wasn't that popular jock. I wasn't the quarterback jock. I was a lineman jock. I mm -hmm. was not the basketball point guard. You know, I was the guy that was down there grabbing rebounds. I was I was uh, now on the baseball team. I was I, I mean, I'm not going to stand out, but I was a really good ball player. I mean, I was I had the potential to be a Division One baseball player. I mean, I was talented enough to do that. Sure injury kind of derailed that. That and use of some you know some drugs and alcohol didn't help the situation. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, it's I don't know. You know, I I, I kind of dove into that world thinking that maybe that's how you reach that level of popularity in high school that, that everybody looks for. And I did. I experienced some of that. And then I realized in retrospect that that's not what I wanted in the first place. That's being a popular kid in school and being a successful adult are, those are polar opposites of each other. I know very few folks that were the center of the room in high school that end up being the center of the room in the boardroom. So, right. That's, that's a laughing. Some of your younger listeners right there that think TikTok is the way to go. TikTok's not the way to go. And don't follow the, the advice of the Kardashians because they don't know anything. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. Hey, just out of curiosity, I think we were talking before, you've met some pro wrestlers through the years. Like you were, I think, growing up around that Mid-South. Yeah. Mid-South area. Well, the, Tell me some stories about that. Well, the craziest <laughs> thing of all is, is I've been a wrestling fan since I was five years old. I mean, I, and I'm 51, so I've been doing it for a while. Oh, I've, I've rooted for guys that you guys aren't even old enough. I mean, y'all might have saw them on an old, you know, archive clip somewhere, but I actually watched some of these guys live. I remember the, one of the few memories I have of my grandfather, my my maternal grandfather, was he was, he passed away when he was 75 years old, and I was five when he passed away. So I remember going out to their house, and they lived way out in the country. You know, we lived in, in, in town or in the city. And we would sit at, and at our local time here was 12.30 p.m. It's Central Standard Time. And from 12.30 p.m. until 1.30 p.m., you did not disturb this mild, meek, you know, mild-mannered, meek, older gentleman because Mid-South Wrestling was on. And you did not disturb him for any reason. We sat, and it was in the, usually in the summertime, and we ate our, our slide of sandwiches, and we drank our sweet tea, and he screamed at the television, which was weird because I'd never heard the man raise his voice. Like I said, older soul, but he truly was immersed in that world. Like he truly believed that Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Skandar Atbar physically hated each other. Mm -hmm. Like they was, you know, Hacksaw stood for everything that was good, and Skandar Atbar, you know, and, and his uh, what's it called, Demolition Incorporated was, oh, uh, was devastation. Here, devastation. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And it was weird. I mean, he was not a racist individual. He he got along with everybody, but because one of his favorite wrestlers of all time was the Junkyard Dog. Mm -hmm. which, you know, was actually, he's actually from the state of Mississippi. It's where I originate from. And the, nobody, the JYD and, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I'm trying to think some other ones, that Wildfire Tommy Rich, was a, he was a big fan of Wildfire Tommy Rich. <laughs> it's just weird. Ted DiBiase, he, he, look, that was one of the only really bad guys that, that he actually rooted for was Ted DiBiase. And that was back, way back when he was a heel before he became one of the most famous heels of all time, the Million Dollar Man. But that was some of my first memories of my grandfather, some of my only memories of my grandfather. Like I said, he passed away when I was five. And then as a teenager, I remember working at a, at a local gas station that Glen Ant owned. And I was working a midnight to eight shift. You know, I just got my driver's license. I was like 15 years old. And I was, you know, I was an independent man. You know, I had my, I had a car and I had money in my pocket and I had a job. And I, not like a lot of my friends, I was successful, I thought. But I was working uh -huh. a midnight day shift at a gas station. That shows you perspective. But about four o'clock one morning, one, I guess it'd be a Sunday morning now. It would have been Sunday morning. I see this big bike limousine pull up about eight guys come rolling out of it and, and initially i didn't recognize them until i saw skate bar which was still in his garb i might have still the headdress and everything <laughs> and uh, i said oh my god i don't know who that dude is well then as they started pouring out of the vehicle i noticed it was skandar at bar i noticed it was ted DiBiase. i noticed it was junkyard dog and hacksaw jim duggan they were all piling out of the same vehicle now that was long before i knew anything about kayfabe i didn't I didn't know what kayfabe was back then. I didn't really care at that point. And that was uh, that would have been what Bill Watts had been mid south had been the Bill Watts year. Mm. And I know I was telling on another show not long ago, and uh, some guys out of Memphis, and they said, "Man, I can't believe that happened." Bill Watts was big on kayfabe, and I said, "Yeah, yeah looking back at it, he probably was. He probably didn't know that was happening." Right. But, you know, at that time, that was his biggest star in that time period, because that would have been the middle '80s. Had been like '80. 485, 86, somewhere in there. So, I mean, that was his that was his big stars. And they were all riding together. And they had just hated each other less than a mile away at the local <laughs> hospital. Right. It's so wild. kind of my memories of wrestling. And then I get, I'm fortunate enough, like I sport in event management. And I work for out of Alabama. So I got a chance to work in venues like the, the BJC, the Birmingham Jefferson County Civic Center, Mobile Civic Center in Mobile, Alabama. It's like that, that, you know, they host wrestling regularly. And I had the opportunity to, to run into guys like Brian Adams, you know, John Cena, The Big Show. I'm trying to think of some other ones that I, 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 I literally, literally ran into John Cena and The Big Show. 
at, at two separate events. He was actually coming out, like he was making his way out to the actual runway, and I'm backstage with an issue. And they're radioing me, and I'm I'm coming through the backstage, and as I'm cutting across front of him they're trying to get a camera angle on him and i'm trying to avoid him and we literally we like make contact with each other and as we turn to look at each other i realized two things at that point one john cena is a large individual <laughs> really solid and two he is extremely short but tall person i'm at right around six foot and i was looking him eye to eye now saying that and i'm a pretty big guy there's no way I would at any point. I, I don't care. They can call Rick anything they want, but if that big man wrapped his arms around me, he would have squeezed the life from my body. So I understood. And that was that was one of that's one instance I had where I had a closer than than, than I wanted to experience with a wrestler. And about six or eight months later, they came the promotion came back through Mobile coming off the East Coast and I was helping out. I actually was based out of a, a venue in Mississippi, but they were shorthanded, so I went down to you know help him get the event done. And he had me running the entire backstage at that point, which means I had about 20 guys I was having to keep up with. So I'm scurrying around backstage, back and forth, back and forth. I get a call that there's an issue at the back door with a, with a couple of fans trying to make their way into the venue. So I'm in a, I'm talking a hustle. I'm hustling through the backstage area, and as I come off of one tunnel way to another as i take a right i run into what at that time i thought was a wall i literally thought i'd run into the wall because it was so dark in the backstage area <laughs> i quickly realized when i put my hand forward that the wall hair so <laughs> i kind of backed away and i realized at that point i had placed my hand on the chest of the largest athlete in history <laughs> that's what they say andre and I'm assuming he's probably the largest athlete in history. But at this point, the big show was actually the largest. And I remember, excuse me, I remember as I kind of pushed back away from him, he took his hand and he placed it on my shoulder. And he's, what is he supposed to be, like seven foot, three inches tall or yeah. something like that. He's, he's a huge individual. And like I said, I'm six foot tall. So this tree trunk reaches down across my shoulder and places his hand, I can feel the, the very bottom of the palm of his hand on my shoulder blade. And then I feel the actual tips of his fingers, what feels like halfway down my spine. It probably wasn't that far, but it felt that way. And he looks at me and in a very compassionate voice says, watch yourself, big man. One of us is going to get hurt. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, damaging him in any way. I don't know how I could have done that. Uh -huh. And he laughs about it, and I laugh about it because at that point, you know, I'm excited he's not going to eat me. And, um, <laughs> and we, you know, I go on and do my thing, and he comes on out to the stage. And after his match is over, he comes back, and I'm standing kind of offset from where they are, their entry point, exit points at. And he gives me the old finger point and says something very sarcastic like, hey, you can affect the outcome. Thanks, guy. <laughs> something to that effect. And, uh, you know, from that point on, we, I had my Paul White, you know, big show moment. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure if you ask him about that, he wouldn't remember it. You know, any one of those memories, I'll never forget. And, and that's just, that's from an actual, the male wrestlers, that's two of the most interactive situations i've ever had with them now i did have i was ringside assisting the removal of a fan one night in birmingham at the bjcc and they actually as a, as one wrestler was being hurled over the top rope he landed wrong you know it's the we all know you know it's around. he landed wrong he landed off balance and he fell off to his left and actually fell into me and the guy that was removing the fan which you know, and got involved with him at that point. Everybody thought it was part of the, you know, the match. But, and I'm trying, that, that was, oh, that was Ray Mysterio and Ray Mysterio. Oh, and Juventud Guerrero. Mm -hmm. Juventud Guerrero, no, Ray Mysterio flipped Juventud Guerrero over the ropes and he got hung on the ropes coming over and landed wrong. And of course, Juventud Guerrero was then laying across me as I'm trying to get the <laughs> man who was in Katie 
Hoop and Tutu Guerrero off of me at the same time. So that's just some crazy interactions. And then, of course, one of the funniest things that ever happened, I got stuck one night in the Mobile Six Center actually escorting A.J. Lee, who everybody knows who, a yeah. wrestling fan knows who A.J. Lee is. I got stuck escorting A.J. Lee all over the venue. Was a, I don't even remember what the reasoning was. Something, some kind of heat. It was an angle they were running. She was getting some kind of heat from a wrestler and the fans were giving her a lot of grief outside the venue so every time she stepped especially when she stepped outside the venue to, to her rental car i had to escort her to her rental car make sure she got what she got made her got her back in so that's just some weird interactions i've had with them so that's pretty good man that's really good yeah, just just run just a run of the mill Hey, that's just a run-of-the-mill nine-to-five kind of thing. It's no big deal. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the Big Show story the best. That's awesome. You asked me. I did have. Uh, I did have Brian Adams throw up on my shoes one time. Well, not <laughs> my shoes directly. The guy was. He came in extremely intoxicated one night at, at one of the venues, and he he rolled on the guy beside me. He didn't get on my shoes. I got out of the way quick enough. He said. <laughs> They asked him, was he okay? And he said, I don't feel quite right. And then the next thing you know, he is like barfing all over this my guy's shoes. So the promotion ended up buying my guy some new shoes and a new pair of pants because it like ruined his, his outfit. So <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. So didn't throw up on me. So <laughs> you asked me, Wally, on your show who my Mount Rushmore of uh, wrestlers were. So I will return the favor. I'm curious. Who are oh, yeah, your yeah, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore? Yeah, that's a good question. Whoever asked that question. Yeah, that was a good question. That's smart guy. <laughs> good question. So who is Mount Rushmore? Absolutely. Okay, question. Are we talking historical significance or are we talking about impact? Like sport, the impact of the sport. I'll say historical significance. Okay, historical significance. Historical significance would be Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George brought an element of theater that had never been seen to this point before. Probably Mick Foley. No, no. I don't want to disrespect this guy, Terry Funk. Terry yeah. Funk brought an element of professional wrestling that will never be equal. Listen, Mick Foley is one of the greatest ever at what he did, but he'll never touch Terry Funk. Probably, and I and you guys will probably slaughter pick. I, he's always kind of been a favorite of mine, and I feel like he had quite a, a an impact on the sport. Is the Undertaker? Oh yeah, because I remember watching the years ago when he was just a big uncoordinated freakishly gifted athlete and he had no idea what he was doing and he was still a guy that you knew eventually was they were going to find what they need to do with him and you can't tell me that every time you hear the bell toll now you don't jump up out of your chair and think there's no way this dude's fixed to walk down the runway that 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 guy that he's that guy and then probably Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because Stone mm -hmm. Cold Steve Austin was a guy, in my opinion, that saved WWE as a company back during the Monday Night Wars. Because WCW was absolutely destroying them in the ratings. Destroying them. And Stone Cold Steve Austin said, you know what, Vince? Put it on my back. I'm going to carry you guys. Now, he's also in my top four on impact to the industry but and that changes a little bit but from a historical standpoint i got to go with those four guys uh, and like awesome. i said i'm a little older than you guys are so i mean i'm 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 jumping back to some guys you know that i got a chance to actually watch now i mean there's other guys i mean there's there's guys like john cena you know john cena people hate on john cena every day but if it would not have been for john cena he was there carrying the torch for WWE when everybody else had left. They had bailed out and hit the road. So I I don't hate on the guy. I'll be honest with you. He's not the best wrestler I've ever seen, but that guy brought the juice every night, helped keep the WWE afloat until they kind of got their footing again or until Vince decided, the hell with this, I'm just going to buy it. I got one more question for you, Wally. What are your goals for podcasts right now? Oh, this, I want to be Joe Rogan. That's, there you that's, go. I, I joke that's a good goal. Time. People said, 
Well, people told me, they said, well, what are you trying to be? I said, well, I, I want to be a clean version of Joe Rogan is what I want to be. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not into all that. You know, Joe Rogan is a, he's a above average interviewer. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from him. I see a lot of content he puts out. If they would just kind of clean it up and streamline it a little bit, it would be amazing. Uh, but a lot of the stuff he, and he, sometimes he goes a little too far off the, the rails with some of his conversations and discussions. Yeah, but Joe Rogan got numbers or, or somebody like Pat McAfee, you know, I, I have a little bit of sports knowledge uh, and he's, he's been able to parlay his sports knowledge and his pop culture and kind of morphed the two together and made a pretty interesting little show. I want to be the very first William Wally. I don't want to be the next Pat McAfee or the next Joe Rogan. I want to be the very first William Wally. I, I want people to listen to my content and go, you know what, that old country boy from Mississippi break down stereotypes. You know, he's not barefoot and, you know, stupid hick. He's, he's a recently, he's a decently educated individual that has opinions, formulated opinions. He's able to defend them with facts. You know, this day and time, you don't have to, you can just make stuff up. You don't have to have facts to back it up. And I, and I deal with a lot of issues. I, I have guests on my show. We talk about a lot of, I'm very diverse in my, in my the variety that I show my, uh, my listeners. Now it's my little podcast is just steaming along. You know, we're, we're doing, I, I think considering I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not bragging on my numbers because I don't know what to compare them to. I, at this moment that we're sitting in right now and we're talking, which is, what is this? This is October the 17th. I'm probably sitting somewhere between 55 and 60,000 downloads. Been doing this since January, 2020. I don't know if that's a good number or not. I've heard people tell me it has. I've heard people that I could do better. Hey, it's I good. love to hear that. I love to have people tell me, you know what? Hey, that's that's pretty good. But here's what you should do to change it. You know, we were talking about this a little earlier. You know, it's easy to buy numbers. You know, I, I, you can get yeah. people to promote you and they'll send followers to you and they're just hollow. Hmm. Those are just hollow numbers. I don't want hollow numbers. I want real. I, I want Bob and Joe and Bill and Susie and everybody else that listens to my show to be invested in the show. Now, one thing it has with me, or it's made me believe in my little my brain that I could do more, is I'm actually working with two other creators. And in 22, we're going to start two new shows. I'm working with a young man named Kobe White, who I don't know if, it, if they're voting right now, but he is in the top five for best reliever in the minor leagues right now. He's actually from my area and was signed by the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And, and he's just a good kid. He's, he's solid, one of those salt of the earth kind of kids. And he loves the game of baseball. And, and we're going to kind of use that backdrop. We're going to deal with what I call behind the scenes baseball issues. And we're going to go all the way back to youth sports. We're going to start at youth. I'm talking about T-ball and Little League and work our way up to the professional level with issues that you, you see. And then another gentleman, a guy named Kelly Kopp, he, he is actually a, an evangelist out of the state of Oklahoma. And we're going to do a faith-based of uh, questions. You know, everybody that wants to know about God or wants to know anything about religion or faith, you know, they have questions. You know, there's a lot of confusion out there. And we're going to use that as a backdrop to where we have listeners or, or followers send us questions. And we're going to dive into those questions and try to give them solid, reliable, you know, scripture-based answers. And he brings a, you know, he brings a pretty decent, you know, follow with him. So I, I look pretty successful. I look for Kobe's show to also be pretty successful. And I'm just going to be kind of the, I'm going to be in the back seat. I'm going to be kind of a moderator, co-host type deal. It's going to be their show, but I'm going to help with some of the production of it. And I'm going to follow you guys lead because we're going to put it on video. We're going to put it on audio. We're going to, you know, try to get out there everywhere we can. And so my little podcast, World of Wally, has actually turned into Wally. Uh, it's a new name. That's Wally Media Group. I, I feel like a professional, even if I'm not. So, yeah. <laughs> That's all right, yeah. man. Is there anything else you want to promote? Social media. Hit us with it, man. All right. You're talking about how they can find out anything? Yes. About yeah. yeah. They want to find you. Absolutely. Easiest thing to do. We do have a Facebook page, Wally Media Group. We're also Wally Media Group on Instagram. That's the two main, you know, I, I use Facebook and I I date because I'm an older guy. I use Facebook as a medium because a lot of older adults 
a lot of some of our listener base is more familiar with Facebook, more comfortable with it. So I stick with a Facebook presence. We also do Instagram to bring some of my younger listeners. Now, I don't dabble in all that other stuff, the Snapchat and the TikTok and all that. I've been told by a young man that's going to be coming on, helping us with some of our editing, our video editing and all that. We're going to have to do that. I said, hey, big man, you what you do, because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The last time I TikTok was a rap song back in the late eighties. I don't, I don't know anything about all that. <laughs> uh, we're going, we're going, we're going to be all over the place. Like I said, Instagram, Wallet Media Group, and then Facebook. You know, also Wallet Media Group. We have a page for that. And so we have a private page called called What in the World, and that's you know, I, we invite you to that. And that page is going to be used almost like a Patreon page, to where you can become a private, you know, group member, and that will open up, you know, different benefits, you know, meet and greets, Q and A's, autograph material, you know, special, special guest appearances, some of our guys, stuff like that. You know, something that kind of gives it, brings a little juice as the young folks will say, we're going to bring the juice. Bring that juice, so, get that squeeze. Right. That's what that is. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm trying to be young and hip. Old, I'm using these terms that I hear on television. I'm bringing the juice. I heard that just earlier. <laughs> so we're trying to bring the juice. So. You're doing great, man. Wally, hey, is the... hey, if you guys, uh, hey, if you guys still want to donate a little money to the cause, I might, uh, <laughs> I might jump in the ring and then y'all can, you know, I can put some of that Brazilian shit to you guys, talk some of that on y'all. So, well, I mean, I won't. I got a buddy of mine that knows how. I won't. I'll be the referee. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds good, man. Wally, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for doing the show. Great talking uh, to you, Wally. Yeah. We'll have you again. Thank you, Wally. Oh, Jimmy, I'm sorry he didn't give you a chance to talk, man. I really enjoyed our conversation you and I had earlier. Yeah. I don't know how it is. He's trying to You have to out check out the world of Wally to, to get me. That's right. Hey. <laughs> Boom. Whatever you do, don't let him put put a, a lid over your a bushel barrel over your light, man. Shiny. <laughs> That's good advice. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think. Also, that's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple Podcasts, which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 